All right. What's up, guys, girls, peeps, everybody out there in podcast land? This is uh, Brian Dales. I'm your host, Crass Conversations. We're going to sit down and have a little chit-chat with Mr. Fleming Moore. Been on the show many times. I don't know. How many times have you been on, Fleming? Uh, five, six? I think more than Paul Stone. <laughs> you, might, you might have beat Paul Stone at this point. It's, no, it's pretty, I, I, pretty close race for the two of you. It's no competition. I'm just on here. Yeah. So how's it going, man? It's going. It's going? Yeah. I, I'm here, and uh, I see you're, you're on, the, um, on the move. Busy in the new year with your podcast. Yeah, I'm doing some stuff, man. I'm, I'm, I tell you what, I'm fasting this month. As a matter of fact, I've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast, but... So I'm fasting for 30 days right now. So the whole month of January, no eating, no drinking, just a water fast. And uh, I tell you, it's made me, you know, my, my ketone production has kicked in. So I'm getting ketones uh, working the brain now instead of glucose. So it, it makes you more focused and creative and have more energy and more thoughts and stuff like that. So I think it's really helped. And that's why I've been, hell, doing a lot more stuff this month because I'm just, I got all this energy going on, you know, from these, uh, from the fat burning. So. Yeah, I, I, I have that going on a lot. Fasting? <laughs> no, a lot of fat burning going on. I can't gain weight. Oh. You know, gotcha. no matter what I eat. Gotcha. I wish I had that problem. A yeah. lot of people wish they had that problem. That's called anorexia, I think, right? Or bulimia? One of those uh, two <laughs> I don't know. I think bulimia goes up and down. I'm just like straight at the same thing all the time. Right. Which is good. So we're sitting here at the Flim Shady Rest, uh, which is what you call your little abode here. You have a... I think you're, uh, what are you doing now? You're doing an Airbnb out of here still or no? Oh, no, no, don't no, do that? no. We don't do Airbnb in here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you got a you got a little music venue though, right? No, we don't, don't, do that we don't conduct either? any business at the Flim Shady Rest. <laughs> it's basically where I live and uh, create content, you know, for Instagram and uh, doing that, you know, uh, Right. And I uh, look yeah, forward to 2023. You know, uh, 2022 couldn't end it quick enough for me, man. I just didn't. Uh, I guess I'm too. Uh, I don't. Maybe I don't have enough gratitude or appreciation for what I'm accomplishing. But it didn't seem like I really got much done. Well, that's what I was about to say. I mean, you mentioned your Instagram Instagram game, and I, I'm telling you, it's really been pumped up here lately. I've seen a lot of. Uh, uh, new content and better content and uh, interesting content that you're putting out there. But I thought you had a great 22 as far as I could see from the outside, you know, from what you post and what you do. And, you know, sometimes the social media isn't always a, a great representation of somebody's real life, you know, but, but it looked like, <laughs> <laughs> but it looked like you had a lot of acting going on, a lot of musical gigs. I well, mean, I guess the frustrating part about it is I, I think I've sat down and was thinking about, so the difference between acting and music is when I do projects in acting, you do them and you just forget about them and they stay, stay on the shelf. Sometimes they don't ever are never released, but they're always released so far down the road. I forget that I'd even done anything. So, uh, right. In 2022, I, I only wrote three songs. I, uh, and I, uh, well, anyway, my perspective is that I'm looking forward to 2023, and I'm glad right. 2022 I mean, nothing wrong is with in the books. And uh, yeah, it's time for a new year and new new ideas. Right, right. And, and the things I did in 2022, 
will will be released in 2023. Okay. So, that, so released as far as just some, some singles out there on YouTube or well, doing an album or EP or what? Well, um, with the music, I want to do an an album. And Danielle Howell's always kicking around, encouraging me to, to do that. And so um, if I can get the funds together, I'll have Danielle help me produce an album, or she'll be the producer, because <laughs> she knows she knows what she's doing. Right. And uh, so and work some songs that I haven't, you know, I have songs in my catalog that I don't even play that I haven't played in 25 years that I that deserve to be recorded, I believe. So uh, that's on the horizon. Uh, and uh, right now, I'm taking an acting class. And uh, up at Impact Studios in Somerville. Shout out to Impact Studios and Movie Films. Where's that? That's right there on Bacon's Bridge Road, or Trolley Road, actually. Excuse me, no, it's on Trolley Road, right there across from the Waffle House off of Stallsville Loop. If okay, yeah, I know what you're On the corner about. there. The Applebee's right there. And yeah, the Waffle a, yeah House. but there's a yeah. Waffle House, and then you go through the light, that next building on the right, Impact Studios. And it's, okay. I've it's like a, a lot route. already. It's been fun. It's like a jewelry repair shop over there and some other things, right? Is that no, 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 no. That's the wrong spot. Wrong spot. Anyway, it's over there. Impact Studios. Impact Studios. It's, uh, I think, 601 Trolley Road. Okay. Um, and that's been encouraging because I didn't realize there's some talented actors here in Somerville that are ready to to collaborate and work together. And uh, I keep getting auditions. And for every 50, I think I probably did 100 last year and maybe got five parts. So that that's that's the thing, you know, it's... Uh, so it doesn't feel like you're getting anywhere a lot of times, but when I look look back, I guess over it's starting to accumulate. Now, as far as acting goes, do your auditions count anywhere in, in the line as far as your resume goes? Does that impact anything? Mm -hmm. I mean, can you save those reels and use that for anything? Yeah, yeah, of course you can save the reels. And, and, and um, so that's what I've been doing. Like when I audition for, for um, some parts are better than others that are like if it's with a, a major studio, I'm, I'll take it, to, I did it for the first time, went to movie films and uh, had my acting teacher slash coach slash mentor, Shelby, um, I don't know if she minds me mentioning her name, but uh, she, she's on IMDb, and uh, anyway, had them help me with the audition, and so, you know, ones like that. I will save and put in a folder so that casting directors, if they want to see something a little different, or I could load it up on Actors Access or, or my IMDb page. Right. So, um, and, and I think when we started this thing, we were going to talk about music and, and then maybe go into some acting, but we've kind of gone in reverse here. A little right, bit. right. We'll see. A little I, bit of both. I, but. I you know, ADHD. That's fine. It's hard we'll, to focus, we'll cover it acting, and music, it all blends together. Yeah, it does, because you, you actually do some music for some films too, correct? Right. That's or you what, have. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm trying to uh, get in the studio real quick this week. I was in a film that we shot that I'm looking forward to. It's coming out in April. It's called Do Not 
grow weary. It's uh, I was in a scene with Dean Cain. <laughs> Superman, whole, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a whole nother story. I'll get to that. <laughs> but anyway, it was uh, released. It's going to be released in April. But I'm trying to, to get a track into the movie. And I think there's a good chance, as it turns out, one of my, uh, a person I met on the set of the Gemstones, Michelle Nichols, shout out to Michelle. She uh, was in a choir scene with me and we both sang and I had her join me on a song called Walk by Faith. And both of us were cast in this movie, Do Not Grow Weary, JC Films. And uh, so it'd be nice if that one got on there because we're, both of us are in the movie, even though we recorded this thing like two years ago. Right. So that's pretty neat. But then there's another song I want to do an acoustic version for him and try to get that in. So I'm going to get into the studio tomorrow with that. So there might be some, my music might be coming, seeing more of it released in sh short films or feature film. Hopefully this one's a feature. So that would be great. Very nice. Yeah. So is the majority of your stuff uh, indie stuff or, I mean, when you say feature, what does that mean versus? A feature so is the length of the movie. Okay. I mean, actually, there they are. So you have a short, you have yes, a feature. Yes, and, and that's very so. So, um, I have was in a film called Latchkey that I can talk about. That's doing the circuit, the uh, festival circuit, and uh, I, you've seen it. Yep. And um, very good. So I've actually been on short films where the production value was better than the feature films. <laughs> the fact that they were, yeah, that particular short film, Latchkey, and the films I do with SCAD in Savannah, you know, they, 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 the production value is good and it's good for your resume. So I love doing student films, but uh, this uh, one with JC Films and Do Not Grow Weary was the real deal. So I'd, I'd really like to get, hopefully get, get a track or maybe two into that movie. So out of everything you've done so far, movie-wise, what, what's your favorite one that you've been involved with so far? Well, I, I, mean, I know you don't, don't want to I'm not yeah, going to say, that, say that, but I will say, <laughs> I'll say with every student film I've worked on, I've enjoyed the directors, man. They are just young people with creative minds and, and just so enthusiastic and, and fun. I, I really had fun with, with latchkey because I got to run around half naked, you know. So that's that. I, if I had to pick one, it'd be latchkey for sure. Uh, but I'm kidding about the half naked parts, kind of. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you're not at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was fun. I mean, it was short and sweet. I wanted more, to be honest yeah, with you. But and they also provided. Uh, their crafty had had these little gummy things in their crafty that were made it real enjoyable. <laughs> and so, where was that one done? Where, where, Savannah. Where? It's, Savannah. A, it's based on a true story, too. Latch Key. Um, it hadn't been released yet it, it, because it's doing the festival circuit, but it's going to be a, it's a horror, a short horror, so it's going to do a bunch of horror festivals. And uh, But anyway, if you go to uh, a Latch Key GoFundMe, you probably could still donate $5 and watch it. If you, yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, but, and what I liked about those guys, you saw that GoFundMe thing? Mm -hmm. They weren't greedy about it, were they? No, not at all. 700 and, bucks, and, and, you and, know, and, and they paid me. The other thing I like about those student films is they actually pay actors um, 
a good wage. They, they try to hit the SAG, SAG scale minimum, which is good for a student film. Right. Yeah, those guys were fantastic. You know, I made my donation and I, I got an email and I kept getting follow up and follow up and follow up emails, you know, just very gracious and, and they were very uh, uh, considerate and, and, and uh, thanked me for my donation and, and just very good people. I like them a lot. And I, I followed them on Instagram and all that kind of good stuff. So And that's side street films. Yeah, side street films. Yeah. And we'll try and get all this stuff in the show notes and stuff as well. But um so what's what's next on your acting resume? I well, mean I know you said that well, thing in April. You know what, uh right else? now I got that's the other thing. You so you audition for stuff. I got an audition in last week for uh will trent oh i like that show but i've watched two seasons or two episodes so far so y'all um i can't talk about exactly i guess i talk a little bit about it but it's basically it's a scene where they needed somebody that was like a 61 year old hippie that leading an na meeting so i don't know we'll see that might be outside of my wheelhouse you know but right but we'll see Okay. I, I, um, I don't think it's. I think it's. I think it's. <laughs> it might be a stretch. It might be out of my range, but <laughs> but hopefully it'll. You know, it's. It was due due today at six p.m. and I got it in last Wednesday, way early. So they've had a chance to to look at it. And uh, well, one more question on films, and then we'll kind of go back into music a little bit. But so when you do an audition for these films, is it is it normally just you recording and then you send it in, or do you do a, a like a Zoom? Call with a director. I mean, well, both, both. But see, uh, the um, what happens is so. And my, I'm encouraged about this. For every role out there that I've been applying for, there've been a thousand people applying for the same role. Right. And the casting directors will pick two hundred to audition. And out of those 200, they'll pick maybe 25 for callbacks. Okay. So you figure the percentages on that, you got to be in the top 2% to get cast in these things. Yeah. And so realistically... And a lot of I, that's probably just people not matching the role, right? I mean, they're just... Right, but, but the other part of the side of the coin, which I learned in my scene with Dean Kane, <laughs> is that these... I'm going up against professionally trained actors that went to college that have been going uh, practicing. And I, and to be honest with you, I'm praying that the editors can work. The director said he had enough to work with, so we'll hope with. But I didn't know who Dean Cain was by name. Oh, wow. But it was like, <laughs> okay, I'm... I treated it kind of like a student film and I wasn't prepared for my scene like I should have been. So that was embarrassing because I got in there and I go, right, you got the kryptonite. You're that guy on Fox and <laughs> Friends, man. And then I realized, oh no, you're, you're, you're Superman. Yeah. And I, uh, I, there were a couple of times I couldn't remember my lines and I was just like, you know, and, and that production was, they were wanting to, you know, no time. Like in a student film, it's kind of lackadaisical because you got, you know, we try to hit the schedule, but this thing, man, they were shooting that thing quick. So uh, I'm sure the editor, they got enough 
over the shoulder stuff and that it'll come out looking like I halfway knew what I was doing, I hope, but. Uh, I'm sure they'll make it fantastic. They do a lot in post-production, I'm sure. So my whole point of that is, is that I have to train, man, and uh, you know, the auditions, I'm, I, I'm encouraged that out of a thousand, I'm getting in the top 20%, okay, just by asking for the audition. Right, the 200. To get the call back, and I've gotten a call back. So to answer your original question, what they'll do is they'll have, you'll send the tape off. If you get a call back, then they might give you a little bit more about the scene or the character, and they want you to portray a different, different scenario. And then they'll set up a Zoom. Yeah. Zoom where they can find the chemistry. Right. So first off, nobody's bothering you with you because you might not even make the cut to begin with. So right. So the, the so director's not going to mess with you until they're they're they know you're in. Or kind or, of thing. Or they got it whittled down to three people. Yeah. And then they'll say, okay, well, that guy, I don't like. He's, you know, yeah. I mean, different people have different energy, man. And, and so that's kind of why. I, I kind of prefer a live audition, even though I've only done one and I got the part. It's because the casting director's right in front of you, and there's the chemistry. So if you can get some chemistry, well, and you get a little direction too, right? You get a little direction, and you're reading, but you're reading off book. But I, I like both of them, I suppose. I like, like we we did that film with uh, you know Steve Oakley or whatever. And, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I forgot when, about that. When I well, did, when I did the call I... with him, you know, he gave me direction on how to do the scene. You know, it wasn't really an audition, I guess, but I was kind of a shoe in, I think. But yeah, um, but yeah, during the scene and stuff, it was it was great direction. It was a Skype film, but it was fun. Yeah, but um, it's you know, I I got to be careful about what I say because you know what, <laughs> if it weren't self tapes. I mean, how many live auditions are you going to get, or in-person auditions are you going to get in Charleston, South Carolina, if you don't have uh, self-tapes? It's kind of, COVID's been a good thing where that's concerned, I, you know, because right. now I can submit for stuff all over. Right. All right, well, let's get back into music, Fleming. So, I know last year you, you had quite a few gigs going on. You know, you had Indigo Reef, you had uh, Benny Mazzetti's Pizza. I don't know. I'm not going to mention all the places you had, but it seemed like you were gigging quite a bit. And then toward the end of the year, maybe you slowed down a little bit. But what are your musical goals for this year? Is it is it more gigging? Is it more writing? Is it uh, recording an album? I mean, what are your aspirations musically? Well, uh, part of my work is to get them placed in out in, in movies, uh, record an album. I, um, here, here's the truth. I'm going to speak some truth now. Most venues like a brewery or any venue for that matter would rather hire a 30 something year old or 40 something year old than a 60-year-old white man with a beard. And uh, so that's that's the thing. Once I get in the door, it's good. Um, so that that's Zeppelin Pizza's where I play. Uh, the other night I got a gig at the Bohemian Hotel at the last minute. Enjoyed it. I think I'd probably make more money if I just played on the street because I'm... I, I, um, I'm not bragging or anything. I can hold people's attention when it comes when it comes to uh, 
Right, but what are playing music and and I get good I get good tips, man, and so I I can't complain about. It. I mean, I know that if I'm getting good tips, that means they're liking what they're hearing. Right, but speaking of that, so what are the rules on that as far as busking? You know, in the town of Charleston, Somerville, get a license and do it, and be disciplined about it. Okay, you it. Can get a license. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, and and you probably you know probably could come up with a sitcom scenario where people are fighting over different spots in the city, yeah. you know, but I guess it's first come first serve basis. Um, and, uh, you know, so I don't know. I just like, I love them playing the music. I just don't like having to, to jump through the hoops of, uh, of the gatekeepers at, at the uh, breweries and, and, and the, the bars because there's usually a turnover on that. And when there is, they get all new music. They want different musicians. And and, right. uh, and and I found out the other night, the guy at the Bohemian bar told me he loved it, but uh, Jive, you know, I booked it through Jive and it was last, they sent out this emergency call and I just happened to get it. He right. said, we don't even pick the people who play here. Jive does. So, you know, I probably won't even get to play there again because Jive's got their little, his little, uh, you know. Yeah, that's kind of how. Uh, his team of, of players. Uh, Lowe's Foods, when I used to work up there, you know, the beer den had music for a while before COVID. And, and they had to go through corporate to, to get booked. You know, it wasn't the beer den itself booking people. So mm -hmm. it was kind of a, a runaround, but. So you, you ever so you do all the booking yourself? You ever thought about a booking agent or? Um, no, no. Uh, I'll um. Yeah, you know, and the cool thing is that like Palmetto Brewery, they'll if they want me, they'll they call me up. I mean, I'm a you know they, they I quit chasing it, and the ones that reach out to me, I'll say yes to. Right and. That's the way, you know, that's typically that's how you'd want to do it. You know, I'm too old to be uh, chasing down the the gigs, man, you know, and ever it's uh, but I do love playing music and it's fun getting tips and it's fun interacting with tourists, having a good time. Right. Bridesmaids. Charleston's got so many beautiful women. My goodness, it was insane. <laughs> so what's your favorite type of gig? I mean, you can play breweries, you can play bars, you can play weddings, you could play uh, private events. House concerts. House, car house concerts. I want, or even better yet, a concert in a theater where people are sitting, sitting down. Um, and forced to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah, and listen, I mean, I, you know, uh, Chico Feo had, on Monday night, George Fox has what they call the soapbox. And it reminds me of back when Coastal Coffee roasters during the height of the open mic. I, I was getting ready to bring that up. Go ahead. Where everybody would be quiet and listen. Yeah. And if they weren't quiet, the gracious host Shady would throw them out, and uh, not really, but I would ask him please to go in the other room and talk, so that you know you can hear the music. And uh, 
people at Chico Feo on Monday nights at the soapbox are so quiet and respectful that poets can perform there. Right. You know? so, so even though it actually is a restaurant, like other restaurants where most people are just using you as background noise, right. Chico Feo actually pays attention to the artists on stage. Right. They stop. They might be eating their bowl of uh, whatever they have there. Yeah. Uh, or their kind tacos. Of a, kind of a Tex-Mex type flair, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they got some good food. And um, they listen because they're there to hear the music. And, and George has done an incredible job curating that, that type of atmosphere. It's uh, the closest thing to Allendahl Green <laughs> west of the Ashley, I would say. Yeah. I would agree with that. I was just out there this past Wednesday, as a matter of fact. So I saw a, a, a posting of Chico Feo, the soapbox one time, and there was this guy up there playing just in his underwear. Have you ever thought about doing that out there at Chico Feo? No, but I, I do. Usually, you know that guy? Yeah, that's Nathan <laughs> Stevenson. I love Nathan. Nathan's good. No, those are Speedos. Speedos. Um, they're, they're not underwear. Okay. He's in his Speedos. And, uh, but no, I... Uh, what people, I hope, understand about me is when you see something on Facebook or real on Instagram or, or me performing live with music, it's performance art. It's not who I am. It's just what I'm doing to try to entertain you. And, and right. uh, people, I, I think that gets lost sometimes. And I was trying to figure out, you know... Mike Friend always is wondering how in the world I get all these. Well, I won't even go into it. Never mind. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. No. People, let's just say this. I've, and I'm not saying this to brag because I don't know why, but I have a feeling. I've dated some beautiful women, was married to a beautiful woman, and they were attracted to me because I played guitar and do what I do and maybe saw some joy in me when I was performing. But after they find out that dating or being married to a performance artist is, is not all it's cracked up to me, you know. It's uh it's uh you know, I think they get once they get to know me <laughs> it's not as fun as it was well, when, they, when yeah. they had this image of me being something i'm not because i'm just a normal regularly broken down person right so fleming moore is single right now is that what you're saying uh yeah ready to mingle i'm uh i think i'm supposed to spend some time being single and just uh not even I'm not interested in getting in a relationship right now. I need to focus on my career. And uh, I mean, the last relationship, she's was beautiful. She still is a wonderful woman. And uh, we hardly had a crossword ever. And the universe, I think I finally learned how to appreciate a woman and love them the way you're supposed to. But the universe had different plans for us. And uh, that's the first one for me, because usually I, I'm, I end up messing it up somehow by making a bad choice or two, but this one just right. kind of went like that. And uh, 
We won't mention any names or anything, but yeah, you were both uh, creative uh, artists. People, I mean, you're both busy and, and, like you say, going in different directions all the time, right? Right, and you yeah. just kind of grow apart, and you know, it's it's yeah. bittersweet. A lot of out of town and, work, and and I'm not saying that someday that you know our paths won't cross again, you know, and mm -hmm. we'll see what what happens when we look each other in the eye, you know. Right. Who knows? And that might not ever happen either. You just never know. Sure. All right. Well, anything else about music you need to, to discuss? Um, Do you play any other instruments? I don't know if I've asked I, you that before. I started on the E flat. Oh, I want to sing y'all talk about Andy's Charleston Gold Brown Rice. And I wish I had a bag here. I, I'll grab one. Um, don't leave. I will get you yeah, one. I think it's on the table. It's on the table back there. Go ahead. Go grab it. I'm gonna go grab a bag of Andy's Charleston Gold Brown Rice watch, watch and sing there. a jingle for y'all that I wrote. All right. All right. So stand by. We're gonna get some get some rice <laughs> and, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna hear a little tune and then we'll kind of break into the next segment here. All right. This is Fleming Moore, by the way. Here's his uh, Instagram. You can check him out on Fleming Moore Troubadour on Instagram. Give him a give him a follow over there if you would. So, my dear sweet friend Danielle Howe connected me with the great legendary blues guitar player here, Paul Quattlebaum. Here, put it right up here to this camera. They can see it up there if you can get it in there. Okay. So anyway, Paul has hired me to be a brand ambassador. And I'm be cooking rice and Lowe's food. And it's locally grown in Georgetown, South Carolina at White House Farms. It's gorgeous out there. Uh, it's Andy's Charleston Gold Rice, this bag I have here. Well, I, I don't have Okay, and this, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, I'm no good at being a brand ambassador. I better learn okay. this if I'm, I'm going to be on QC, QFC or whatever, QVC. Right. I'll, I'll grab a picture from the internet and I'll throw, right. I'll throw it in so there as well. So anyway... I wrote... And you you cooked some the other day, right? Were you oh, I got some. It's good, man. Yeah. It, so anyway, I wrote a little jingle about the rice, and I'll sing it in, in uh, Lowe's food for you. You come by, and I'll, I'll have some, some samples. It, And it's Charleston Gold Brown Rice. It cooked up fluffy, it tastes just right. It's locally grown in the low country. Non-GMO, it's gluten-free. You have it once, gonna want it twice. And it's Charleston Gold Brown Rice. And it's Charleston Gold Brown Rice. Get yourself. <laughs> I like it. That's good. Uh, and the other, I don't know. I was in a shell. Oh, I was in a Shelly Leak commercial last. So I tried to sell Miss Leak, and she's a wonderful person, by the way. She's a devoted wife and mother, and a lover of pets that happens to be a personal injury lawyer. Um, but anyway, I wrote a jingle for her, but I don't know that she's going to buy it or not. <laughs> kind of goes like this. How's it go? That's it.
Been hurt in a wreck, can't work for weeks. Pick up the phone, call Shelly Leak. Bill's piling up, don't you freak. Pick up the phone, call Shelly Leak. I like it. I mean, uh, Mike Hostelo has a rapper or whatever. Why not have a, a well? See, a you can do that, or you can do it like rank, reggae. You can do it all sorts of ways. Bob Marley. So that's my career. I, I'm writing 30-second songs because that's all people have attention for these days. Or time. Right. Awesome. That's all you got? That's all I that's got? That's all you're playing? Oh, you want to hear us? I suppose I could play a song. It's up to you, dude. Yeah, I'll play. This one's called uh, My Molly. Yeah, well, play this tune and then I got a question for you. All right. She was looking sweet from down on the street Dancing on her balcony In the summer heat I didn't miss a beat I was grooving to her melody Eyes meet and she throws me her keys I'm wondering what she sees in me Oh my, my Molly my Molly Oh my, my Molly I love when you dance with me I love dancing on your balcony From the foot of the stairs I can see her up there Teasing her red hair God, I swear I can't help but stare When she dances in her underwear Nothing compares to the love we share I'm wondering if I have a prayer Oh my, my Molly, oh my Molly Oh my, my Molly, I love when you dance with me I live dancing on your balcony Ooh-wee Oh, what your love does to me Oh, my Molly Down below the game's moving slow For the boys of summer at the Joe We're up here and the view is clear Slow dancing to the radio She's not afraid, she doesn't pull her shade She loves putting on the show Oh my, my Molly, oh my Molly Oh my, my Molly, I love when you dance with me. I love dancing on your balcony. Oh, I love it when you dance with me. I love dancing on your balcony. Yeah. 
All right. Here we yeah. go. What was the name of that one? My Molly. My Molly. When'd you write that? Oh, uh, a while back. A long time ago. A while yeah. back. All right. Well, we've talked a little bit about acting, about music. Um, you ran for, for the mayor back in, what was that, 2019? Yeah, yeah. In fact, it, there's going to be a mayor's race this year. Right. I've noticed <laughs> this year, 2023, is the, the next election. So uh, what do you think about it? Have you heard anything about uh, what's going on? Well, the only thing I know so far, we'll see how it unfolds. But uh, Dickie Myler, who right, I've, I've known seen, my whole life. Seen that name. Dickie, I love Dickie. Dickie's a good guy. He's uh, got a million-dollar smile. And, uh, but I don't know what he, 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 why he wants to run or, or, or what ideas or vision he has for Somerville. So I, right. I actually, when, I, when I say I saw his name, I, I saw that he actually officially declared that he's the only one running so far, right? Is that correct? That's correct. He's like Donald Trump. He's out there early. <laughs> he's out there early. <laughs> yeah. He's out there. That's for sure. But anyway, we'll see what he has, you know, what his vision for Somerville is. I actually voted for Dickie last time and he, he, he didn't pull through. Um, last time? You ran last time. I mean, the last time Dickie ran. Oh, okay. Dickie ran before. I got you. Yeah, no, I wrote Dickie's name in 2019. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, no, I voted for him back when Bill Collins ended up winning. So, yeah, yeah. So that would be 12 years ago or whatever. Right. A long while. Yeah, you had Collins and then Wiley, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so far, it's him... We'll see who the Chamber of Commerce candidate is. You know, that, that was, was Bill Hearn last time. Uh, I don't think he's running. Uh, we'll, we'll see. see, you know. Uh, I don't know. So, <laughs> you don't know. I don't know who's running yet. You, you ran last time. Do you have any aspirations to, to try that out again? Well, you see, last time, I didn't want to run. And, you know, I know we don't get into religion and, and stuff on here. But, you, oh, we get you know, whatever. I, I, I'm a Christian and I know you're an atheist. And here I'm sitting next to a guy who's going to burn in hell for the rest of No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, kidding. But, I'm already burning in hell. But, see, yeah. So, <laughs> so, anyway, I ran... And some people will understand this, and most other people will think, say I'm crazy, but I was convicted by the Holy Spirit. I spent some time in prayer about it. So when I ran in 2019, it wasn't because I wanted to be mayor. It's because I felt the Holy Spirit pushing me to get into the, or, or tugging at me, not pushing, tugging me to run. And I didn't want to run. It was kind of scary, but I did it. I'm not feeling that this time. I want to see who who's um who's going to get into the race. Um, I uh you know if and it's a long ways out. Who knows? I might run again if I felt the pull of the Holy Spirit asking me to to get in or, or telling me to get in. I probably would. I uh, but that would uh. You know, it was different last time. It was only really three of us running until Brandon King got into it. Right. Um, 
and I knew like halfway into it why I was doing it. And uh, I was uh, glad for the outcome. As a matter of fact, I really wish Mayor Waring was running for re-election because I believe he's winning a landslide. He'd coast to victory. Right. I, I doubt that there would be any. So here we are again in the same position. So it's going to matter to me whether I not get into it or not who's running. Um, last thing we, you know, I think what we need for the mayor of Somerville is somebody with some experience that has a backbone, you know, but somebody has some experience in, in, uh, in city government, you know, that's paid their dues. Um, not necessarily a nice guy, you know, and I'm not saying that bad about, about Dickie. He is a nice guy, but sometimes he, maybe he might be a little too nice, you know, who knows? Um, right. I've learned that through leadership. I mean, a lot of times when uh, people elect you to different positions, they say, look, you're not going to have any friends. You know, it's, it's, uh, you're, you're, you're not here to make, uh, buddies and friends and whatever you're here to, to, to govern or to lead or to, to do whatever. And sometimes that takes hard decisions and sometimes you piss people off, but, uh, you got to do what the right thing to do is. But, but whether you decide to run or, or whoever decides to run, what, what kind of things do you, uh, see that needs to be done here in the town of Somerville. What would you like to see a mayor accomplish or well, try to anyway? Well, you know, I, uh, I'm still, I'd like to see what I call that I proposed last time is the Saul Alexander pedestrian walk. And it would, uh, maybe could be done in two phases that would help with the storm water. I would also, uh, like to see Somerville become a sanctuary city. Um, what I mean by that is, uh, we don't need Ron DeSantis bussing us. Any, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, no. not that kind of. No, sanctuary no, city. no. Sanctuary city where where um, you can not worry about being arrested for simple possession of marijuana in, in the city limits. So that 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 would be my sanctuary, the sanctuary city where people from Colorado could could feel safe you know without being arrested for for i mean i think all the way well, and that's a and that's a, a subject that's you know focus your police efforts on real crime is right and i haven't looked at the dockets or anything but is that a is that a significant amount of arrest here in somerville so simple possession or it was for me and my my, <laughs> my, right. my past yeah but uh yeah no it, and it can just really mess i mean it's such it's so ridiculous that uh, we would be enforcing that in this time. Right. So that and... Uh, Especially when, you know, the President of the United States federally is exonerating people with simple possessions and so, things like yeah, that. So, better, you know, a pedestrian, more pedestrian, saving green spaces where people can walk without having to be run over. Right. Or worry about being run over. Or biking. So, I mean, there's a huge biking community and running community here in town. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but see, I don't know that I could get that done. So, you know, but if there was a, uh, a candidate who could, who, who liked the idea, I, I would support them and that, and stay out of the race. Um, well, and that's the thing here in Somerville too, right? We keep talking about the mayor, but, uh, Somerville, the city of Somerville is, is a, is a council heavy 
um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, governing body, right? The mayor right, doesn't right. have a whole it's, lot it's of power. Weak, weak mayor, but the mayor is uh, kind of a, just a deciding vote a lot of times, right? Yeah, but he he's a leader too, and you know what I appreciated about Ricky is Ricky wasn't a rookie. Ricky was had years and years of public service. You know, it's not like he was this ambitious person. I, you know, that had just wanted to be mayor to be mayor. You know, or was using the office for a stepping stone. Uh, I hate when candidates do that. They'll get elected into an office, and I'll give you an one. I voted for Katie Harrington, y'all. I vote Republican sometimes, believe that or not. I voted for Katie Harrington, Senator of the State House, because she knocked on my door and promised me she would work hard in Columbia for me. She wasn't up in Columbia two months and she was running for the first conditional, first congressional district of South Carolina. So she was using that office as a stepping stone. Right. So I don't like candidates who get elected into an office, they're rookies. And then they they think they can be mayor or or, or congressperson, you know. That, right. That, they, and a lot of times they step on people to do that. You know, right. You say a stepping or, stone. It's a stepping person. Sometimes or it's a stepping stone. And it's also you got to look at the candidate and who is behind that candidate. Yeah. Where is the money? Follow the money. So I can promise you this: I might not run for mayor, but I will be scourging through their campaign contributions like I did the last time and find out. Who's behind the candidate? Yeah. Because usually if you, you do your homework, you'll see that it's some big developer or perhaps some political with national ties and big money from outside the state. And uh, that worries me. Sure. And like you said, Ricky, you know, he's, he's, he's a little up there in age. He's toward the, uh, to, you know, the retirement uh, type lifestyle. So he's probably not looking for that stepping stone. He's probably there out of the goodness of his heart to do, to do the right thing versus like you said, doing something for a, a contributor or what have you. Right. Um, yeah. You know, it makes I, a big difference. Right. 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 So I, we'll, uh, we'll see who, who throws their hat in the ring. But, uh, at this point, I, I, I don't think I am, but I, I am going to be looking to support somebody, you know? Right. All right. Well, I guess that about says it all. It does. And uh, <laughs> well, and, and let's we'll, let's follow up on. That. I like local politics. Well, let's come back when we figure out who's in the race. Yeah, and talk about it. Come back when we see maybe, who's in the race. Maybe we'll break it down and yeah. and and do some pros and cons of everybody. And right. And, and uh, yeah. Who knows? See what's the best for the town that we that we live in and and we spend our money in. You know. Right. Right. But uh, maybe I could take you in on the uh, the proposed Saul Alexander pedestrian walkway. It's going to run from Waring Street to Central Avenue. Yeah, let's do Sumter. A, uh, yeah, I'll show you. We'll, go, we'll do a little expose. Sounds fun. Hell Peace yeah. and love. Paul Stone, I've been on it more times than you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to talk to you soon. <laughs>